Mr. Corey Martin, roommate, on a podcast. You know, I've been trying to convince you now for like two and a half weeks to get on now. Hello. Um, thank you for having me on the show. It's a real honor. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a little nervous, so please nervous. forgive me. All right, I'll help you. Um, so for those of you that don't know, this is Corey. He's my roommate. Um, we've been living together now for two, three weeks. Roughly about two or three. Yeah. How am I as a roommate? Let's let's get right into the deep stuff. This is how you get comfortable. <laughs> Talk about me. Give I mean, them the real shit. <laughs> Talk some shit about me. What you got? And you're sucking that my mountain dew. That's just spit it on my microphone. I can't make this shit up. He, he literally just spit mountain dew on my desk. And he's rubbing it into the grain. You want a paper towel? Preferably. Okay. Here, here, here. Here we go. Oh, good. A shirt. Hey, it's a versatile tool, my dude. But no, like... Never forget this. My roommate spit mountain dew on my desk. So I'm trying to do a podcast with him. So, well, it's your fault for making me laugh. So, so talk about me. What What's it like having me as a roommate? Definitely interesting. I mean, to me, you seem like an awesome guy. Um, when you're very quiet, that's when I get worried because it's like you're very social and talkative outside of the dorm. But then you, I guess you're like me in a sense where when you come in here, you tend to like to retreat kind of do your own thing like no offense by the way like but well, that's kind of what i'm seeing it am i wrong or am i right about well, that? i mean there's a reason for that you know when i'm out and i try to be social um i try to keep a fine balance yeah. when i was younger i was told 80 percent listening 20 percent talking mm-hmm. because you know when people talk a lot about themselves they're not that interesting and mm-hmm. I've always grown up with that. Mm. So this is my 20% right here. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it may look like I don't talk a whole lot in here, but when you're not here, I talk a shitload to myself. <laughs> Just like any other crazy man who has a podcast in a college dorm would do. Um, I mean, look who you're talking to. I, I, mean, talk I was to watching myself. the UFC today. Give me a break. So? So everything. It's the UFC. I, yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I don't keep up on sports the way you do, but... Yeah, I, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I know. But seriously, me as a roommate, you know, are you gonna... Are you gonna murder me in my sleep, or are you gonna keep me? I'm gonna keep you, because... I'm gonna like, keep you, just feel you out, see... I'm just gonna see what you're like, see what you're into, and then one day I'll just... No. Okay. No, not at all, because, like, to me, I kind of... When I look for a roommate, or, like, they assign me a roommate, I hope that they kind of have, like, some similarities to me, like, in the fact that, like, they do like to talk, but yet they're alright with being alone, they aren't too messy, because, like, I know I can be a mess, um, but, like, I try and keep my stuff organized as best I can, so, like, yeah, you've checked off the boxes... Hell Haven't yeah. done anything wrong yet. Me? Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, You're probably ready to get rid of me at any time, like <laughs> drop of a hat. I mean, I'd probably be with anyone eventually. Mm. 
Because <laughs> I'm so judgmental. Let's talk about um, interior design, because you have a bit of a story with all that. Mm. Explain how that happened. All right. How you got to interior design. So, back in high school, 10th through 12th grade year, half of my year was spent doing my academic work. Half of it was going to Franklin County Career Tech to study a trade, um, a skill. And what I was taking at Franklin County was welding. So I took three years of welding. Uh, Each year they did a certification test. Um, First year was the stick welding test. Then it was MIG finishing with TIG your senior year. Um, Each one had their own restrictions and codes. But uh, yeah, I came out of high school having three welding certifications, two OSHA certifications, uh, and I could have went on. I thought about learning another trade, like going to a trade school to learn how to do uh, work on diesel engines or aeronautics, um, just because I love working with my hands. I don't like sitting behind a desk too often. But I remember, like, the one time I went to check out a trade school with my parents, which wasn't too far from Pittsburgh, um, on the way back, they're like, Corey, we just don't understand. We don't understand why you want to go to these trade schools, why you think you need to learn um, these different trades. And I... I think that's when I realized, like, my parents were talking sense into me. Um, So after that, I started looking at colleges, started looking at uh, used the, like, Bureau of Labor Statistics website to research different jobs. And so my parents thought I should go for architecture, engineering, because I'm so smart and I can be so creative and they don't see why I'm not using my full potential. Uh, So, checked out architecture, checked out a few other things, and um, on the Labor of, Bureau Bureau of Labor Statistics uh, website, they had, like, related jobs to each one. So, like, architecture, I seen interior design up there in that, like, related job section. So I checked it out, and I was like, reading through the education requirements, reading through the description, and I'm like, this this seems like something I would want to do. This seems like something fun and interesting. So I took, I, I started getting into that um, from there, and I applied to Art Institute of Pittsburgh, uh, in I think August and then like most of September like I didn't hear anything back right away Um, and then I did finally get like an acceptance letter in like October 2nd I want to say of 2017 was when I started started there and I've been doing interior design since and it's been a blast like 
when I first got into it, I didn't realize, like, the extensiveness of it all fully. Like, yeah, I read about it. I, like, kind of understood. But, like, getting into, like, the whole entire detail, like, a lot of people think interior designers just pick paints and pillows. Like, yeah, we do some of that. Not gonna lie. But we also are working with the architects, working with the electrical engineers, and other... Uh, members of a build team or design team to design a whole floor plan, a whole layout, um, both functional but yet aesthetically pleasing. Because, I mean, think about our room. Is it functional? Yes. But at the same time, could they do a little bit better job of aesthetics? Yes. <laughs> so people listening in aesthetics, what is that? Aesthetics is like it's pleasing to the eye. Like, for example, do you like staring at white walls all the time? Or do you like some color or, like, posters or something up there that catches the eye that you like to see? Okay. So, like... I never knew that. What? I never knew that's what that word meant. Well, I think if you want to, you can look up the definition. No, I trust like... you. You're going to school for this. Talk about the Art Institute. What happened there? I remember you told me I went bankrupt and then... Close. Uh, give, give me, like, the story behind that. As, as you... Suck it down. <laughs> this guy, I bought him... <laughs> I bought him a 12-pack of Mountain Dew last Thursday. I was... I left Friday. I was home. I come back Monday. His entire 12-pack is gone. It is gone. I look for the box. I look for the cans. No traces of Mountain Dew. He sucked down... <laughs> 144 ounces of Mountain Dew in four days. <laughs> I'm jealous even. I can't even... I don't even drink that much Mountain Dew. And hell, I'm fueled by that shit. But go ahead. Art Institute of Pittsburgh, please. <laughs> so, the Art Institute of Pittsburgh. When I got there, I didn't really do too much research about it beforehand. But Art Institute was, like, owned by EDMC. That was our parent company. Um, and EDMC was private-owned company, for-profit organization, the works, and basically they got into crap, so our reputation started to go downhill. They ended up finding a new owner underneath uh, Dream Center Educational Holdings, and that was supposed to be like our uplift to get us back on track, to get us, you know, to do better. Yeah, not even a year, man. Not even a year underneath them, and we were still having like problems. The first sign, like, of things going south, I think, was like when they told us they were taking away student sponsored housing. Like, we didn't even have dorms like a regular college, we lived in an apartment complex, like, top of Oakland, in a place called Oak Hill. And basically, like, we lived in those apartments, we didn't have a meal plan, we had to provide food for ourselves, so. Um, yeah, we got, like, once they said they were taking away, like, student-sponsored housing, like, we had to figure out where the heck we were going to live, how we were going to get to school. Like, that, that wasn't easy. Um, but that, like, after that news came through, then we heard about Middle States, which is, like, an accreditor that, if you do, aren't accredited by them, like, you'd... There's no way, like, you can get financial aid. Um, so we were put on show cause for that, which is, like, the last status before they withdraw the accreditation. 
because, like, they want to give us the benefit of the doubt. Um, and so we got to, like, winter quarter, kind of beat the show cause thing by... We were still on show cause status, but because we showed we were making improvements that we were getting back within middle state standards, uh, we would... They just wanted to... I think it was more of an accountability thing. That's why they kept us at that status. But then, basically, that's when we heard about Dream Center getting bankrupt and going into receivership. Now, receivership, as it's been explained to me, is we're underneath a lawyer that is trying to go through all of our stuff and try and cut budgets where they can and drop stuff where they can in order to keep the, you know school float until a new parent company could come by and pick us up again uh but yeah like that was that was during my last quarter like having to go through receivership and I thought the I thought the mood around the art institute was bad after like they took away our housing they took away you know uh we got put on show cause. Like, I thought that was bad enough. Yeah, receivership, literally, I felt more drained going to the school than actually, like, anything else. Because it just, the overall mood, the morale was just not there. It was not there. How many people were enrolled in the Art Institute? I'm not sure. I know. Thousands, hundreds. I mean, we had multiple art institutes across the uh, across the U.S., but like different ones of them had to get shut down. Some of them, you know, so that kind of stunk. But like now, like I'm not even sure, dude. And so many people, like I've I've looked up stuff on YouTube and such, and I've seen people just like who went there who basically are like, "Don't go there. You're just gonna get, you know." You're going to be taken over to the other side. You're going to, you know, pretty much get, lack of a better term, screwed and such. I should have, <laughs> again, I didn't research well enough before I signed up. But no, nah, like, thank goodness, like, we had a teach-out plan in hand uh, for the students. Like, um, my only options for me... If I wanted to stay in Pittsburgh, was to go to either Chatham or La Roche. Obviously, you see what I picked here. But, like, yeah, looking at other programs across PA, like, you're only, a, the only places are Philadelphia or Pittsburgh for Cedar accredited schools, which is, like, the overall accreditation for interior design programs. And basically, by being a CEDA accredited school, you're allowed to take parts of the NCIDQ, which is this test that kind of tests your knowledge, and that's the test you have to take in order to get licensed after you're done with school. So, like, obviously you see why I want to go to a CD accredited school is because I want to be able to take the NC parts of the NCIDQ after I graduate so I can get licensed someday. So, Did you think you were going to go to college when you're in high school? Honestly, this is the dumbest part. Laugh if you want. Um, when I was in high school, I only thought about, like, job security. Like, I knew someday I wanted to grow up and have a family and, like, 
you know, settle down eventually in my life. And I knew, like, I would need to p provide. Like, I've always been raised, like, you work, you work hard, you don't, you know, you don't sit around. Um, so to me, in high school, I, that's why I took welding. Because, like, welding now has spiked, like, because a lot of baby boomers, heck, they're getting to that retirement age. They want their 401k. <laughs> And so, like, that's why welding spiked. And then, to me, I was, like, going to a trade school and learning another beneficial trade that could be growing would help, again, with job security, and I would be able to provide and, you know, be all right. So, again, my parents, like, thank goodness that they got a hold of me and were like, Corey, I know that you want to have a job and such, but at the same time, like, why would you waste your potential? And that, to me, was, like, something I can never truly not be thankful for. Like, my parents talking sense into me. So, yeah. So, your family, you had, I think you told me, two sisters? Mm-hmm. Mom, dad, two sisters. Yeah. That's what I thought. One's older, one's younger, you said? My two sisters, one, we have an oldest, and then... There's the middle child, and I'm the baby of the family. Baby. Because you were telling me about the height thing. Yeah. Yeah, if you line us all up, like, oldest and youngest, you'll start with the oldest being the shortest, middle is in between height, and then you have me being the tallest. And <laughs> I'm serious. It's like a stair step, man. And you're six foot four, right? Yeah. Well, if you want to be technical, doctors say six, three and a half, but I'm like... That's stupid. Just call okay. me six four. <laughs> All right, so you're six three and a half question mark. You said you played rugby. Yeah. That's a brutal game to play. What made you want to play rugby? All right, so my friend Blake from uh, marching band, he was also in welding shop with me. He uh, he suggested that I try it out. So I went to one of their Sunday practices my junior year of high school, and I f I freaking fell in love with the game, man. Like. Yeah, we didn't do, like, all the hitting then and such, but, like, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I was like, yeah, let's let's go. <laughs> like, um, Are there specific positions in rugby? I don't know anything about this game. So, usually in rugby, like, when I played in the spring, it was 15 on 15, I want to say. So, basically, you had what are known as backs, and then you had the pack. Uh, the pack... We're the guys that are bulkier, can't run to save our lives. Like, we're not the fastest guys, but we can take a hit. Obviously, you can tell where I was put. I was a pack body. Um, we're also the ones that do scrums, uh, which, I, if you want, I can explain that later. Please. And then the backs... I don't know anything about this game. And then the backs were the guys that were, like, our fast guys. They, they're the ones that can really run and run hard. Um... But no, like, I, in the scrum, you have your position. So I played second line of the scrum. Uh, and basically how it works is when a foul's called or they call for, like, a scrum, uh, both teams line up opposing each other. Excuse me. It's a Mountain Dew. I'm burping. Uh, but uh, basically... You have three people up front, four people in the center, and then one person in the back. The person in the center up front is called your hooker. Hell, um, yeah. <laughs> Hell 
Damn the, right it is. The, the reason we call them the hooker is because they have to use their foot to kind of hook the ball and get it back on our side or get it out our side so we can get the ball or the other team can get the ball. Then you have the post. They're on either side of the hooker. They're the ones kind of supporting him. I know. <laughs> These names, man. You guys should have came up with better names. Oh, and then we have... Two posts and a hooker. <laughs> and then like the sport. second... The line behind them was the second line people, the which pole. I was in. The pole, right? No, not oh. the pole. Okay. We were just second line. Um, and then you had your ends, or I think they were either called ends or like... Uh, I don't know. But basically, they helped, like, keep the second ends, like, the second line people tight. So, I was in the second line. I was, like, between... I had one guy on my left or right, depending on which side they put me on. And then I had someone kind of trying to keep us in so we weren't, like, spreading out. And the final guy, the guy at the very back, the one guy there was called our Ape Man. Ape Man. Tanya, the names you guys come up with for I rugby know. is... Where'd, where'd the sport originate from? Do you um, know? I think it was England. England? If, I think, I if remember, I'm thinking correctly. I wrote a paper, and it was about, you know, which was the American sport, baseball or football, and football dated back to rugby. I think you're right. I think it is the UK. Yeah, but, like, the thing is, you say, like, rugby is a brutal sport. I mean... It's a crap ton of fun, though. Like, well, if you're a big guy, I'm sure it is. Like, let's just say... If you're bulky, I'm sure you love it. Are you kidding me? Look at you. You're bulky enough to play rugby. Oh, that's fat, okay? (laughs) That's what we call body fat. (laughs) All right? Uh, When you run, you don't like having that stuff. The thing about rugby, though, I learned most of all is, like, in order to take on your opponents, you got to get lower than them. Um... Because it gives you more leverage on them. Uh, that's how sometimes we were more powerful in the scrum. It's like, yeah, in a scrum, you the goal is to get the ball. It's not to, like, push the team back five meters or something. But, like, yeah, the lower you are, the more power you have to drive the other team back. And that's, like, one of the things. And if you think it's weird, the names, you should have heard how I had to tie myself into the scrum. That's a story, my dude. <laughs> Please, explain. So Explain yourself. Basically, the way I had to tie in, because I was the second line, I had my arm next to my other second line guy um, on it, like his jersey. We kind of like, you know, hip to hip, hanging on. And then we had to tie into the person in front of us, the post. Yeah, um... Basically, how you tie into the post in my position is you have to reach up between their legs and, like, grab their jersey, like, the front of their jersey, and that's how you tie in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not... Oh, it's, my. You get so, really... You get, this is why I think rugby builds good bonds, because you all have to get a little <sighs> personal at times. <laughs> what a sexual sport. Oh, my God. So you have to stick your arm... Under a dude's crotch, hope you don't hit any of his junk, grab his jersey, and then what? I what, mean, do you do? what do you do? Squeeze? What do you do? Just hold on. Like, you gotta pull down on it almost, because, like, that's how you support yourself. Because literally, once they, like, tell us to go, 
my feet, my my leg that I'm having a support on up in front, that thing drops back so I get more power with both my knees to push the other team. So, like, I'm only being held up by my teammate, the guy that's, like, on the outside, and then the post in front of me. Like, that. that's literally all that's keeping my butt from, my head from, like, eating dirt. <laughs> oh, trust me. It was what a good. game. It was worse when it, you know... Weather's hot, because then doing a scrum when it's hot, you learn how to not smell things. Let's say you breathe through your mouth. <laughs> yeah, but pretty you have much. Your, but you have your mouth open and your teeth are showing like... <laughs> Teammate just looks at me, Corey, you alright? Yeah, I'm fine. Somebody show Don't talk to me. <laughs> Please, don't talk to me. Put some deodorant on. So, are there like penalties in rugby like you have in the nfl like if you drop your shoulder and your helmet so low you get a flag do you have that so yes and no um because the hits you can take yeah true basically no pads you you can get penalized or fouled on if you stay in the ruck too long like the, basically what the ruck is it's what happens after a player goes down your teammates and the other team wants to get the ball from where you got tackled. So, like, the people on the ground have to try and clear away from the ruck as fast as possible, which is sometimes hard because sometimes, like, you're trapped in there. But that's just so you don't get your head hurt, hit or, like, killed, basically. Like, you don't want to get trampled on. But, like, no, nah, like, that's one way. Um, if you If you take and, like, catch the ball... Like, you do a knock-on, is what it's called, which is where, like, you try and catch it, but you catch it forward, cause in, or you throw it forward. Um, so, like, in rugby, we're always... The rule is you have to throw it backwards. So, um, so if you, like, catch it forward or you knock it forward, you end up... That's a foul. That's, you know... And then if you go outside of the lines, like, that's, like... Line up. Obviously. Yeah. Okay. Um, have you ever gotten injured playing rugby? Mm, not really. No? I mean... You played for what, two years? Two years. Yeah, two years. Um, I think, like, two of my teammates, not in the same year, but, like, Blake, the guy that got me into rugby, he he actually tore his ACL in this Nice. And then the following year, Derek... Um, he tore his ACL. So, like, it is a brutal sport. Not gonna lie. But at the same time, like, it's actually... I think it's safer than football, actually. Because how we tackle um, is, like, actually kind of safer. Because they always tell us to aim, wrap the legs and keep your, like, face, like, cheek-to-cheek almost, kind of, like... Because you're wrapping their legs and you, like, kind of have to tuck into them so you don't hurt yourself and you don't hurt them. Um, so, yeah, it's like they teach us how to tackle safer. And I no one's really ever gotten badly. Really? I haven't gotten injured that bad. Yeah, have yeah. I had sores after the game? Well, yeah, but, like, that's just because yeah, it's, I have. It's a contact sport. Gotta I know. So. <laughs> I mean, that I, I see those highlight reels of... Like, worst rugby hits, people get demolished in this game. Uh, yeah. How, it, how long does it go? Is there a time limit, or do you have to score a certain amount of points? 
it's there is a time limit. It's not a like we keep track of points and such, but like yeah, it's timed. We have like a half time, which is like sort of. Um, but basically, like I think we go for like fifteen twenty minute quarters. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I still remember senior year like I was one of the starting pack bodies out there I still remember we went to what was called the frostbite tournament like this is like March when the weather's still cold and we were playing rugby and now rugby like the shorts we wear for rugby they're they're they, short aren't they yeah they're really short yeah and then we only have like jerseys on so like at the frostbite tournament we had to play. Is that what it's called? Yeah, the it was. Frostbite it was happening. It was happening in like freaking March, dude. Like near the, I think mid or end of March. Frostbite tournament. But no, at the tournament we literally like. It was great. It, I honestly enjoyed it. Um, each of the teams that were there, like you could tell, were really, really good. But the thing that I liked about it was how well our team did, because. We did have some new guys. We had some returners, but like, <laughs> we beat this one team. We scrimmaged against them first off outside of the tournament. Then we had to face them in the tournament. We won against them. The next day, because the one team dropped out of the tournament, we had to face them again. So three times we like were able to shut them down. We were able to take them. And you want to know the greatest thing about the second day of the tournament the team we were supposed to face we had some big guys we had some guys about my size maybe a little bit shorter but like still pretty bulky yeah the team we were set to face the next day um ended up facing our freshman players with the team we already beat like um because the team we were supposed to play was just they're like short. They were scared of us. And it's oh, just like really? Can you imagine what it's like though having like a team fear your team because of like your size and your power and like I just like found that crazy cuz I'm like we're really not that bad. <laughs> but the <laughs> fact that we and then like of course we lost to like um I think we came in like second or third in the tournament maybe, but like we lost our one, our last game in the tournament, but, like, the reason we lost was the other team just was more fundamentally sound than us. Like, we still had to work on some of the fundamentals. But, no, like, our pack bodies, we worked as a unit pretty well. We, t we took care of business. Like, I still think my calves are one of the most powerful things about me. <laughs> so, how does, um... How do you, do you like, can you go to college and play rugby? And then is there a way you can go like pro technically? So. In America? So. Uh, do you know? I know colleges have teams. Some of them are actually starting to give scholarships for teams, I think. Um, I actually got approached my junior year uh, after our Central Dolphin game. Uh, by a Western, like a West Virginia Mountaineer recruiter. They're like, hey, do you, would, do you ever have interest in going to college? Do you ever, like, want to play rugby for us? 
so I got approached by them. And then during the tournament even, like, I think one of the Penn State coaches for one of their multiple campuses across this great state uh, kind of was talking to us and was like, hey, if you like, you guys, if you want, you can go here to school for a few years and play there, but then, like, you can come up to our school and then play for us and such. And I was like, yeah, like, I considered it. They didn't have what I wanted to do necessarily. So. Not anywhere near based interior design, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. If I wanted to go, I would have had to t- take like engineering courses, which I don't. I don't have an issue with that. It's just I don't see myself as an engineer for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but now, like I, I still wish I could play rugby sometimes because it's just like I miss the sport, man. Yeah, rug- rugby. I mean, that's. That's a hell of a game. Oh, no. I see Pitt. Uh, University of Pitt has a club team I know of. I've seen them practice uh, around the Cathedral of Learning once. One of the, one of the teammates actually tried to recruit me thinking I was uh, oh, you're a student. student. Oh, really? <laughs> and I'm like, sorry, but I go to the Art Institute. I'm not even a student. Oh. What kind of scholarship were they offering? Like full ride or? I don't what? think so. Half? Um, quarter? No. You don't know? Yeah, I, I never got that far. Um, although my one teammate, uh, ironically, his name it was Corey. Also, he was he was one of our best players. But uh, he actually went, I think, on a full ride over to Britain oh, wow. to learn how to play rugby professionally. There was like a whole Jeez. article in our local paper, the Public Opinion, about it. So yeah, like we had some really good players, like. Heck, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, Tyler Bach, shout out to him wherever he's at, um, if he, like, ever t- takes rugby and, like, runs with it, because he was pretty good, too. He was one of our better pack bodies. Yeah, he was really good. Um, yeah. Talk to me about religion, because you seem very deeply rooted, and people our age, we don't find that a whole lot anymore. Explain that to me. All right. Do you have, like, a, a moment, something happen? I'm curious. So. If you want to share it. First off, I'm open. Like, if you approach me and talk, want to talk about it, I'm totally cool with it. Um, I'm not going to be, like, sitting there, though, forcing my view on you um, and such. So, just clarifying that first. Um, as for religion, uh... I grew up in the Church of the Brethren, which is, like, one of, love my church, but they, it was, like, they had, like, some strict guidelines and rules, um, and definitely had, like, you know, their set views, and I, I appreciated it. I think that those, like, guidelines and them encouraged me to follow them have shaped me into a better person, um, Ninth grade year, though, I joined what was called the 412 Leadership Program. Uh, This program ran from Camp Joyelle, which was a non-denominational Christian camp. And basically, the goal of the program was to help teenagers become spiritual leaders, like to really embody 1 Timothy 412, which says, do not look down on those... Do not let people look down on you because you are young, but set an example in faith, in life, 
in love and in purity. I might have those messed up, so please forgive me if I misquoted the Bible. Um, try not to do that too often. But, uh, no, like, they, that's, like, our goal is to, like, have people, you know, set an example uh, the way Christ did. Because um, if you read through the Bible, you see, you know, J Jesus, like, showing examples. And, like, yes, he teaches, but, again, he shows examples. Um, so, again, we want to show our example of following him. Um, so that kind of helped grew me. But it wasn't, I don't think I really took my faith as serious as, as I did until this last summer. Because this last summer, like, I went to the Art Institute, it shut down, and I was like, I was kind of at a point in my life where I'm like, you know, I'm, I know where I'm going, but I know I don't want to go anywhere just without God in my life. And so, I really, throughout the summer, they encouraged us to get our daily devotions in, to memorize scripture, to really be able to invest in these kids. Because we're like talking elementary, middle school, and high schoolers we were getting to minister to all summer long. And we don't know what they're going through at home exactly um, all the time and such. So like we really tried to focus on being good examples and leading them to Christ. So... Yeah, we, uh, so I really tried to get into scripture memory, uh, to get into, uh, Bible studies as best as I could and m memorizing scripture. And so I, I want to continue because I want to keep growing and investing in, uh, in that. So, <laughs> any of that makes sense or not really? <laughs> Yeah, all but okay. Yeah, I'm just curious because you you seem pretty closely rooted, and we don't. Yeah, people our age. I mean, that's not something that we see a whole lot of anymore. And like, don't get me wrong. Like, do I still have my views on certain things? Yes, but at the same time, again, like, I want to show love to people, not hate, because that's what I feel we are called to do. So. If somebody ever came up to me and was like, why do you, like, what are your views on this? I would explain to them, like, my view, but at the same time, I'm like, don't think I'm not going to care or love you if you don't. Uh, to, uh, you know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm lost in thought now. <laughs> Instead of asking them the questions I don't ask on the podcast, I write on a notepad and I slide it to them so casually. Thanks for that. Thumbs up for yes, thumbs down for no. Yeah. We got a yes, okay. Yeah. Continue, please. Sorry to No, nah, that, that's all I kind of have on the topic, unless there's, like, specific things. What about um, uh, morning devotions? When when did you start doing that? I, I used to do that before I go to bed in high school. When did you start picking that up? Um, I always struggled with devotions. Like, one of the things I hate doing is reading. Uh, never cared to read. I still don't always care to read. But, um, no, this past summer, like, again, uh, they wanted us to do our morning devotions because they wanted us to really be able to 
get our mindset, our focus on God. Um, so one way they helped us do that was always like in the morning, they encouraged us to do like morning devotions. Cause it's like by reading God's word, not only are you getting filled up to like teach God's word to others and share with others, but you're able to then, you know, it kind of helps, uh, you know, grow closer. And I actually feel like sometimes when I don't do a morning devotion, I feel like my day goes a lot, <laughs> like, weirder. Like, you know, I get, it's not as, like, fulfilling, I guess you could say. Um, so, like, even just taking and reading out of my devotional book in the mornings, um, it helps me just keep my focus of, like, why I'm here, who I'm serving, you know, and just, yeah. <laughs> Help straighten you out for the day. Pretty much. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought you were going to say. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not good with words. No, you're fine. Um, so, did you go to public school? Oh, or, yeah. Or private? Public. Public. Yeah. Ever since first grade? Yeah. Kindergarten? When no, kindergarten. Kindergarten? Yep. Yeah. And have you, you, you're from Chambersburg, right? Yeah. Have you always lived out there? Yes. So, I've lived in Chambersburg as far as I can remember. Um, I've always been in Franklin County, really, in general. Uh, I have family who lives in Mercersburg, family that lives in Greencastle, and then I think other family that lives kind of around the same area as us of Franklin County. Um, and yeah, we, we've lived there pretty much all my life. There was a time, I want to say that my dad considered working for a farm all the way in Lancaster, but I think because me and my sisters were already in school, they, um, they didn't want to move because they, we already made those connections. We already kind of bonded with people, so they didn't want to have us, like, move but I don't think like we've really ever considered moving away didn't you say um you said either crumpies yesterday or Thursday I think it was Thursday you mentioned crumpies oh yeah how in the hell did you know about crumpies because when I found out about it that's about half hour from where I live how did you find out about it parents oh parents. no like me and my sisters knew about crumpies all the way back in like uh, elementary school, my dude, like... Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, my parents grew up in Franklin County, They and my dad, I think, kind of grew up, um, I think Smithsburg, Maryland, so, okay. like, those two have been around, so it would not surprise me that they found crumpies, and, like, let me tell you something. I have a summer birthday, and sometimes when I would work summers at camp, Joyelle... It was so nice, because if my birthday fell in the week, my mom would sometimes just bring up a bunch of crumpy donuts oh, really? for me and some of the other staff members, so it was just nice to, like, get crumpy donuts on my birthday in the summer. It was great. Hey, man, those donuts are cheap. Yeah, but... Compared no, to anywhere else. But the thing is, they're so good. Like, let I me know. tell you, my, the one guy that stayed at our house, he talked about how he wanted crumpy donuts, because... 
apparently you had him a year before when he worked at camp, and <laughs> he literally looked at another guy when we were there at Crumpy's getting donuts. He's like, you have not tasted, like, dessert until you've had a Crumpy's donut. Like, it will change you, man. I can agree with that. <laughs> when my friend introduced it to me, I think it was mm-hmm. senior year of high school, mm. he took me there, and... He's like, there's all these, there's all these options, but he's pointing on the menu like this, this, and this. And I see a girl in the back just sprinkling shredded coconut on donuts. And I say, I want those. I want twelve of them. I think I ate six of them on the ride back. Changed my life. Oh, forever. Oh no, you want to know the best part? Um, New Year's Eve. They don't do. They do this like earlier in the evening, but they do. Uh, they have, like, donut drop in this, like, one part of Hagerstown. And they actually, uh, they take and give out free donuts before the donut drop. So, like, if you, at New Year's Eve, if you want to, like, hit me up, we'll meet up somewhere. So, I mean, you will go to the donut drop, man. Get some free. Donut drop? Get some free donuts, Holy man. Holy shit. Especially if it's crumpies. Like, come on, bro. Free donuts. Yeah. They're just glazed, but I mean, can you live with that? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't expect them to toss a bag of shredded coconut out, too, but I, I can make it work. I mean, free donuts is free donuts. So. I don't know what it is. Something about shredded coconut I like. I, I don't like coconut mm. milk. I think it's kind of disgusting. But shredded coconut, I don't know what it is. I seem to like that. Mm. And uh, just the smell of coconut. Mm. I don't know. Interesting. What's your favorite donut from there? Oh. Well. Name one, if you can. I don't know the name of it exactly, but it's, like, got white icing filling inside and has, like, chocolate icing on top. That is bae to me. So it's a filled donut? Yeah. Are you a big donut person or just when you go to Grumpy's? Because um, I try not to be a big donut person. But as you can see, it hasn't been working out as planned. So, I'm going to be real. I actually enjoy donuts, like, but, like, some donuts, oh, it ruins it for me at times. Like, I'm sorry. Dunkin', like, it's just, it's not the greatest, but I'll eat it. It's a donut. Yeah, exactly. But, um, not, like, another thing that I favor that's a pastry is, like, what's called whoopie pies from where I come from. Uh, I know. Oh, those things, man. You got the good peaches, too. Yeah, Chambersburg's known for peaches you in case anybody... good-ass uh, peaches. Oh, my My brother, he he goes up there quite a bit, I think. Yeah. To get those. Mm. And he'll buy some bulk amount numbers of peaches. Mm-hmm. I think he only let me have one. Mm. Bitch. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. You want to know one of my favorite desserts my grandmother ever made? She took raspberry and peaches, made it into a pie, and then oh, the best geez. part is, you put some whipped cream on that, it is wonderful. Oh, my. Peaches and raspberry pie. Oh, Eat my. That. That's... Damn. It's the food show now. <laughs> you know, I, I did my podcast earlier with Dan. We, we talked about Arby's at one point. I got to the point we were both hungry, and it was dinner time, so we went to Arby's, and we came back, and this is where we saw you. Man, I'm doing double duty on podcasts today. Yeah. I need, so- I need to retire. It's, it's time to just retire. I'm retire? 
You tired? I mean, I mean, tired of what? <laughs> Being on the podcast. No, no, it's just talking. Hmm. It's, it's I feel life. like I've done more talking, though. Oh, yeah, that's the point of having a guest. Ah. I want you to talk more. Oh, gotcha. For me, it's 80% listening, 20% talking. Shout out to whoever told me that, because I forget who it is. <laughs> but, man, does it work. <laughs> yeah. All right, you going to stop making out with your microphone now, or...? Yes. You just well, get all close and personal with it. I mean, sometimes. I mean, I hate to cut it short, but you got to go to movie night. It's almost it's almost time for you to peace out. Anything you uh, last last thoughts, plugs, uh, talking about how great I am for the last minute. Anything you want to say? Um, in all honesty, like I said in your one YouTube video before, like I'm excited to see what you can do with film to make a positive impact. I'm hoping that I can do the same with my design. So like that's the end goal for me is to be in healthcare and hospitality design because I want to make a positive impact on people. Um, and I want to use my designs to kind of help with that. So yeah. Um, and then, if anybody wants to, I want to say my Instagram's uh, mar underscore cor for anybody that might want to follow on Instagram. Otherwise, I'm good. Again, that's mar underscore core markor 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 markor. Instead of parkour, it's markor. Get Mar-core. over it. All right, crumpies. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, We'll make sure to get you on again. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. I like doing that. All it's right. my anger. All right, bud. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Hopefully I come back soon. We out.